0: Hello, friends. I'm Renee. And I'm Anna. And you're listening to Fangirl Happy Hour. On today's show, we are going to discuss what media we have consumed recently, then we're going to have a christmas themed episode where we discuss three films, Die Hard, Scrooged, and The Muppet Christmas Carol. P.S. The Muppet's Christmas Carol is the greatest Christmas movie ever. Complete silence on your hand. <laughs> I can't believe you just let that stand.
1: That's because I think I probably agree with you. <laughs>
0: I thought we were going to have an epic Christmas movie showdown. Probably not.
1: I mean, I'm sure there will be some friction.
0: Well, let's go find some friction. Before we get started, I wanted to take a moment to remind everybody that our annual survey is still live on the internet, and you can still take it.
1: Take it! Take it! Take it! Take
0: it! Take it! I don't know how you're going to resist that cheer.
1: Please take it. Take our survey. Please, sir. Oh no, that's Oliver Twist. That's not Christmas Carol. Oh shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm confusing my dickens! Currently, as of recording, we have 68 responses. Last year we had 81 responses. What happened to you guys? Where'd you go? Come back and give us lots of recs. Cause let me let's be real, that's mostly what the survey operates as.
1: Renee sits in a corner counting the recs.
0: That's true, actually. It's
1: like she she's she's the survey scrooge. What she sits in a counter counting the entries and looking at the wrecks and the more wrecks the better and she sits on top of them but unlike scrooge she actually shares them with the world so she has been de-scrooged already she's already been through the whole christmas carol
0: i mean i don't disagree
1: i am running with the christmas thing so this christmas spread the joy of recommendations and take our survey Do-do-do-do.
0: What media have you consumed the past few
1: weeks? Well, I have not been consuming media a lot because I've been quite ill. I've had this cough for seven weeks. I ended up in hospital last week, which was so nice. I'm all better now, but still not completely back into reading. I'm also not watching a lot because I've had house guests for a long time now, and I still have a long stretch to go with that. Three things I would mention here. One is Rogue One, which was incredible. I loved it. I highly recommend. The other one is a book that I'm reading right now that is called Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies by Lindsay Rieber. It's a YA novel. I had not heard of this novel before last week when one of my smugglers guests, Amy Kaufman, talked about it. And I said, this sounds Incredible. I'm going to give it a try. And I'm reading it right now, and it's so different. It's Twin Peaks meets Stars Hollow with a family that kind of like patches the scars on a cliffside by stealing feelings and memories from people. And the main character is a boy. He can reach inside someone and take things from them. Like, for example their affinity to water. A person likes to go swimming, he can take that from them. And they don't. They won't know that it's missing. And it, it is. It is that awful, this book, and this boy and his entire family. But I'm not sure that he realizes that. And I'm really into the narr- narrative because it's so unreliable, as, as of course I would be. And it's all about memory too, because I think someone did something to him. And he doesn't remember things either. So I'm waiting for the moment when he will realize that. And the other book I bought today, I came across it at the bookstore. I bought it for myself for my Christmas present. And I read part of it during lunch. Is Romeo and slash or Juliet. Choose your own adventure book by Ryan North with art by Noelle Stevenson.
0: I've seen pictures of that because I follow him on Twitter and it looks amazing
1: it's amazing i started doing it i was laughing my head off during lunch kind of like it has robots and at one point romeo and juliet kind of like go pacific rim inside a cage it's like what it's so good so far and you can you know choose an adventure are really fun books and this one with romeo and juliet you you don't know what's gonna happen because you know of course but at some point, like there are choices that you can make. So for example, you can start playing as Juliet and halfway through you have a choice but you, do you want to continue as Juliet or do you want to become Romeo now? It's really good so far. I've had to the end so far and I'm really enjoying it. It's fun. And those are my things for the past couple of weeks. How have you been doing with your media?
0: Well, much better. I actually bought two books which I had intended to read this month, but read the first chapter and then stopped because I got this urge to knit.
1: Okay, go on.
0: Because my therapist and I were talking and we thought that maybe knitting would like help me relax. And so then once we talked about it, I got really excited about the, the thought of it maybe helping. So I'm, I started knitting again and I don't think knitting is actually a media that you consume.
1: Ah, it is a thing that you do. I'll allow it.
0: Thank you. So my first media consumed is yarn. Reading wise, I read Gem Signs by Stephanie Salter, which is a book about genetic modification and the rights of people who are genetically modified. And it was amazing. Jenny's been trying to get me to read this for a while. And I was like, okay. And I didn't really even read the blurb. I just went into it on her wreck and I was blown away. I was like, this is so much fun. It's kind of like a political thriller, but with genetically modified people who are being oppressed.
1: Oh, I have that book. I actually have the entire trilogy on my TBR.
0: You should read the first book and see if you like it. I really liked it a whole lot.
1: If I read it, should we talk about on the podcast?
0: Yeah. Okay. And then I read Hawkeye number one by Kelly Thompson, Leonardo Romero and Jordi Belair. This is the new run of Hawkeye that features Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. It's about Kate Bishop, and I read the first issue, and I am super charmed. It's so fun. It's still only an issue, though, so if you don't read an issue and you only read in trade, you'll want to go and add the trade that comes out on May 16th. Maybe. Come on, they might move it. But right now, the trade is supposed to come out May 16th. 2017. So you should go to Goodreads and add that to your to-read list so you don't miss it when it comes out because I have a really great feeling about this comic. And then I read Forgotten Sons by Judith Tarr, which is this super epic space opera with psychics and sentient spaceships and super cool lady characters.
1: Judith Star is a uh, old schoolish author that a lot of people have recommended to me and I have never read any of her books even though I have three or four I think. Is that a new one?
0: Yeah, she wrote this one in 2015. Or she wrote it in 2014 probably and published it in 2015. It was done by Kickstarter. I thought it was super, super interesting and a really fascinating look at use of power and everybody's a person of color. It's not really about race at all, but everybody in the book is... A person of color. And it has super cool lady characters. Everybody go read it. Forgotten Sons by Judith Tarr, And I've restarted my read of Kimini Todoke, which is a manga that I'm reading. It's about a girl who looks really similar to like a horror character from some movie or series in the within the series. And she's super shy, so she doesn't have a lot of friends and this is what happens when people actually start to get to know her and help her come out of her shell. And it's just a super cute manga about friendship, I guess. And there is a, an adorable romance that's taking place. But it's like super slow burn romance. I mean, I think I'm in volume five and she's just now admitted that she likes the guy. Good. I also saw Rogue One. It's good if you like fun space opera movies. I had some problems, but whatever. I do think it's worth seeing if you like to watch big, explodey space opera movies on the big screen. If you are easily triggered... I would get somebody to spoil some uh, parts of this movie for you. That's my only warning. The last thing that I watched was a thing that you recommended that I watched called Voltron. Ah! I'm not done, so don't spoil me. I'm still like in the middle of it. Okay. But it, you're right. It's super cute. Yay! The two books that I read that I got derailed on because of my knitting. The first one was *Captive Prince by S.C. Picot. And it's a part A of a, like a fantasy trilogy. Which of course now all my friends say it should have just been one whole book instead of split into three. But I'm gonna I'm re- I'm going ahead and reading the first one, which is supposed to be like not great on the consent issues. But I've been told it improves.
1: Yeah, this is one of the reasons why I'm not sure I want to read that book. I have so m- many people recommend it to me, but I'm not. I don't think I can read that.
0: I'll read it and let you know. Okay. And the second one is Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky.
1: How's that going?
0: I read the first chapter, and I got derailed by knitting. It's not the book's fault. I don't remember what was happening. I was just like, I'm reading you. I'd rather knit. I'm sorry. And (laughs) put it down. It's not the book's fault. It was definitely just me being excited about knitting again. So not the book's fault. And that won the Clark Award, right? Yes. So I'm going to read that eventually, but those are the things that I've been scooping into my brain
1: you will be really busy that's really cool
0: because i've been knitting
1: so exactly so knitting is part of you being busy
0: so yeah hopefully in the next few weeks i'll even off with my knitting and get back to also reading things Die Hard is a 1988 action film starring Bruce Willis about a Japanese company that is attacked by money hungry terrorists. It's also a movie starring machine guns.
1: <laughs> and Christmas?
0: I guess. The Christmas is kind of pasted on, though, let's be real. I'm going to make so many enemies. <laughs> over this film. I know this is kind of like a classic American Christmas film, but to me it just felt like, I'll just come out with it, this felt like a film that was formed to put career-minded women in their place.
1: I didn't read that into it.
0: I don't think they thought about their meta narrative at all. I don't know, I, th- I thought The Wife was pretty cool from start to finish. She was pretty cool, but she left and she went to work with this company that later got attacked and she was going by her maiden name because she was tired of her overbearing husband. But by the end, don't worry, he's come to fetch her and relabel her as his property.
1: Now listen, 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 listen. I see what you're saying and I agree to an extent, but also ovaries explode because Bruce Willis is hot in that movie. So I will allow her a momentary forgiveness or a momentary, oh my god, I need to bang this guy right now.
0: You don't need to take his name to bang him. You don't need to let him label you to bang him.
1: This is true.
0: She's an awesome lady. She can pull dick whenever she wants.
1: You are absolutely right. But also he's so hot how do you watched that before?
0: I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never watched the whole thing. And I thought it was super fascinating that the movie also seems to be a critique of government institutions. Like, it's very pro-individual power.
1: The vigilante kind of thing.
0: Yeah, because John McClane in the building, the lone cop who is like oppressed by his superiors, but cast as in the right with great instincts, but compare that to how the FBI agents are characterized.
1: Yeah, they're the worst.
0: Where they just completely fall into the plan that the terrorists outlined. I was like, wow, you guys don't like the government very much.
1: Renee! Renee. Yeah. You are not wrong.
0: Thanks. (laughs) This feels like you're not wrong, but Bruce Willis' sexual (laughs) appeal overrides all your concerns about this film. (laughs) We're sorry you've been outvoted.
1: No. No, kind of. Yes. There's also the element of nostalgia, of course, because I think many of us grew up watching the movie like I did, and it's such a big thing from when I was a teenager, and of course, we all or we all watch it during Christmas or whenever we want. I like action movies. Like I said before, I watch action movies to turn off my brain. But this one works it still works for me on that level because it's so much fun. I just like to see the guy fight and running barefoot. And I and I like the wife too. I think she's pretty awesome. And the cop and Alan Rigman. Alan Rickman is pretty good in that movie too. If you wanna examine what the things mean, we will never have fun again. I mean, that's exactly what we do here. We examine things. Critically.
0: Why can't we have fun and examine things?
1: That's true.
0: It's not a badly plotted action film. Since I have only ever seen bits and pieces of it, I had no clue that the final reveal was going to be, oh, the whole plan was to get the FBI there no matter what, so they could turn off the power and let them into the vault. I didn't see that coming.
1: That was a good twist, right?
0: Yeah, so it's not a badly plotted action film. The character motivations are pretty great
1: money and family
0: i just can't get over that end the end of the film where he finally he's like this is holly Jenner and she's like no it's holly mcclough i'm like god damn it you don't need to put his label back on you lady she said her first name multiple times why can't we just have a nice moment here that's true also there was the creepy news reporter guy who i wanted something much worse i'm like why can't that guy get taken out by a terrorist like, he goes to their house and, like, threatens their housekeeper with deportation. It was so fucking racist. Yeah. I was just like, wait, you're gonna have a last-minute terrorist come out with guns blazing. Why couldn't he, a rogue bullet, hit that newscaster in the leg? <laughs> Missed opportunity, guys. Missed opportunity. Don't get me wrong, I liked this movie. It was fun.
1: I still enjoyed it very much. I'll have to say, it's not one of my favorite movies of all time. I know it's Theia's, for example. It's Theia's all-time favorite movie. For me, it's not to that level. But it's still a movie that I will watch and enjoy.
0: I think it's great. I wish they had left the ridiculous gender politics out of it. But I understand that this was the 80s. And male ownership of women was still an important aspect of culture.
1: And of movies, too. Well, like it is still today, I guess.
0: Probably, and this is why this probably annoyed me as much as it did. People find out me and Zach are married. And as soon as they find out me and Zach are married, if they don't know my last name, they replace my... They just call me by his last name.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I did not change my last name. It's a fucking headache. You know how much it costs to do that? You know how much time and effort you have to, like, documents? It's everything. Everything. And it's a super horrible headache. No thanks. And I know a lot of people will disagree with me on that point. Like, if a woman wants to do it, super great. If she chooses it, super fine. But that's why... This particular thing drove me nuts. And you could say, oh, Renee, but she chose it. No, she didn't choose it. She's a fictional character. The dude who wrote the movie chose it. So I have a problem. Just pick her first name and use it. Like you gave it to her on purpose. So why go through the effort of making her reclaim her ownership label at the end of the film? Because the guy has to have a reward. Come on. It's an action movie. If that moment hadn't been there, I would have been coming in here going, this was great! Five space bees! Now I'm like, three space bees. Oh, no. Yes. I'll give it four. I'm missing the nostalgia thing, so I think that's why it's lacking that four star. Maybe if I had more nostalgia for it, it would be different.
1: Probably, yeah.
0: And since we can't have Space Bees anymore, I can't obviously give it 3.5. And giving it four feels like a betrayal of everything that I stand for.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So it's going to have to be three. I'm sorry, Die Hard. I'm sorry, Bruce Willis. I loved you. I felt that fifth element. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, he's so fine in this movie. yippee ki motherfucker.
0: I really did like him in this movie. I liked his character. He plays the same character every time. Yeah, of course he does. But I liked the softer parts of the film. All his interactions with the cop were super great. I was like, ah, oh, Carl Winslow, you're perfect.
1: And the comedy as well. He's really good at that type of character and that delivery. Did you ever watch Moonlighting? No the TV show with him and Sybil Shepard? No. Nope. Is that a 70s or 80s show? I, th- I was a child watching that as well. And I, used to sh- I think they were my first couple that I ever shipped. And there is the curse of the moonlighting, right? Because the moment they got together in the show, the show just lost its charm. Everybody alludes to the curse of moonlighting so that characters won't get together too early in shows. Because otherwise, it just goes pear-shaped.
0: Or you could be like Bones and just go pear-shaped way before your characters get together. Not that I'm bitter about Bones <laughs> or anything. I'm bitter about Bones. Oh so my god.
1: Fine. Now you pulled
0: that out of the ass. No, you're talking about Moonlighting. So I'm like, yeah, I know that trope and it's stupid.
1: What trope? The Will they, won't they? Yes,
0: yeah, because how shows just, they rely on that 100%. And then once they get their characters together, they have no fucking clue what to do with the show. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that trope
0: I mean the trope's fine but what comes after is a hot mess yeah that's true probably everybody's seen that hard I was probably the first person ever not to have seen the whole thing all the way through uninterrupted <laughs> the last person in the world
1: probably not
0: well if people haven't seen it I don't think it is a bad way to pass two hours I think it's a pretty well put together action movie that holds up for for being from 1988 exactly just ignore the really shitty gender politics
1: and you'll be okay yeah
0: And now to move on to explicit Christmas films. Scrooged was also a 1988 Christmas comedy film modernizing a Christmas carol by Charles Dickens. It starred Bill Murray and it was, I have no words. Anna, what did you think this was? What did you think? Give me a summary. (laughs) What do you think was happening here with this film? Did you not like it? No. Oh, my God. I remember this movie so much more fondly when I was a kid. Because I saw it when I was a kid and I loved it. Yeah. But now, looking back on it from here, I'm just like, what the fuck? This is incoherent. It's incoherent. No,
1: it's not.
0: Yes, it it's is. a Christmas Carol. Yeah, it's a Christmas Carol done incoherently.
1: I don't think so. I disagree with that.
0: It's incoherent.
1: I definitely disagree. With I don't think it's incoherently. I think it's a pretty good rendition of A Christmas Carol. I think there are other criticisms for this movie. Probably, yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All the characters are empty.
1: They're not empty. Oh my god, I'm like, I'm, I just ha- like, my voice is really high right now. Empty of what, young lady?
0: I mean, they paste all these stereotypes, archetypes of the characters from the Christmas Carol onto characters from this film, and then we're supposed to, like, automatically empathize with them? Without giving them, like, any time to form characters we're supposed to care about. Like, why do I give a shit about Bill Murray's brother? Oh,
1: okay. So, if we're gonna go down this route, well, I'm gonna have to flip it. Because if you like a Christ- the Muppet Christmas Carol, it's the same thing there. But you still love that movie. Why would you care about the nephew? Unless you don't.
0: I don't. But, but we're not discussing a Muppet Christmas Carol right now.
1: No, I don't know, I know. The brother is really nice. This was one of my favorite movies growing up. This one I watched a billion times. I've always watched this, like, so many times. I, now that I think of it, I probably had a thing for Bill Murray or the way that he plays his characters because so many of my favorites from my teenage years and early teenage years, I was 12 when this one came out, are Bill Murray movies. And he, he always plays the same character. Maybe we should watch Groundhog Day, too, at some point. Because it's it's the same character again. He basically is Scrooge, but in a different scenario. Anyway, this is probably my first time seeing A Christmas Carol. The first time that I got in contact with that Dickens story. And with the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. And I think this movie is pretty good at doing that. And maybe it's more about the ideas of what kind of person you are not necessarily then being about the characters themselves and i know that we talked so many times about how characters are important to us but i don't know
0: this movie relies completely on bill murray to carry it yes and it doesn't give the characters any inner life beyond their stereotypical roles as apps for the christmas carol characters And I would forgive that from, say, like, kids' shows. But from an adult movie that is modernizing something that has this huge budget, I would expect a little more nuance. But this doesn't have much nuance. It's like, yeah, you feel sorry for these people because you know to feel sorry for them because this is the role they've been cast in from this book. I had not a huge problem with the different ghosts or whatever. The first was okay. I don't understand exactly why they showed us what they showed us in the past. The point is, like, I'm not sure how we got from the character that's in the movie, who is super mean-spirited and awful, from the things they showed us in the past. I'm not sure how we're supposed to make the connection, so it fell apart for me. And then we get to the present, which was actually the most well-done portion. Number one, the ghost was great. That was the most well-done section, because because you can actually sort of see characterization happening that's not directly pulled from the source material they're using to remix their thing. And the, mo- the weakest was the future section. It was just so over-the-top bad.
1: But isn't that what A Christmas Carol is?
0: Yeah, but it was the way that they did it. It didn't fit the tone of the film.
1: But the future in A Christmas Carol is terrifying. It kind of did. But the way that it terrifies a person is different every time, obviously.
0: I think they would have done a much better job making it more realistic. Like, for example, they did this thing with Claire where she was like shooing away some kids and she had this face full of like awful makeup. And I'm like, why change the tone of your characters when it would actually be much more affecting to leave them like as we know them, but change their... It's like, it's this lazy shorthand that I understand why they did it that way, but it just did not work for me. It just felt way too over the top and not effective, I guess. Because it's so out of tune with how we've established the character, because Claire um, doesn't get much characterization. Like, it would have been way more effective just to see a future, like, have her at a coffee shop with her friends and have her brush off somebody asking for help. The same scene, just done without being so produced. Yep. So I think that was my problem with that, And that's why it fell apart for me. They were trying to add this future. If they were doing far future, fine. But if you're doing a future for people who are going to be alive in 30 years, you can't change things that dramatically and have it work. I don't think. And I also had a big problem with this film because there was a lot of comedy that made me uncomfortable.
1: So now we are approaching what made me uncomfortable. One of the things is that I didn't find Bill Murray as charming as I thought he was. And that's the second time that happened this year. Because Dr. Vancom, if we all recall, that didn't go well at all. So the same thing happened here. So that movie, I agree, it relies a lot on you relating or being interested in this version of Scrooge. And he just doesn't carry the movie that well anymore for me. It's difficult to care about Scrooge because he's such a horrible person. Well, Frank in this in this version anyway. But maybe you want to believe in the redemption. And I'm not sure that I do. I'm not sure if there were enough things that would make me believe that. And the other thing is the type of comedy that you are absolutely right. Especially with the lady that was in the set. The censor lady. She was abused, attacked, and then in the end she became an abuser? A sexual predator? That whole characterization was just so wrong in so many ways, that kind of like tainted the movie for me too. I still love that ending.
0: No, the ending was like total... It's like embarrassment squicked all the hell out of me. I was like, nope, I'm out.
1: That ending with the song, that was the first time I heard that song ever in my life. Of course, it's not a Brazilian song. It's not a Brazilian Christmas song, but... I still sing it every time, and it still gets to me. And the world will be a better place. And the world will be a better place for you and me. I still love that song.
0: I like the song. I don't like the whole scene that goes before it. It's supposed to be a happy ending. Dude with the gun's gonna get arrested. He's going to fucking jail. He's, like, assaulted people and threatened people with a deadly weapon. Frank's gonna lose his job, too. Like, I, I mean, yeah, you have your dancy president of the company guy with his wife after he kicks his cat. I was mad about that. This is the worst piece of fanfic I have ever seen.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's what basically it is, isn't it? And I no longer think this is the greatest Christmas movie ever.
0: So we were both horrified in different ways.
1: There's still some elements of nostalgia there for which I would give it three space bees.
0: I would probably also give this movie three space bees. Because it was mildly entertaining. If you want some mindless Christmas entertainment and don't care so much about your movie being well-characterized. I'm sorry that we watched Scrooge and your nostalgia was dented again.
1: Yeah, that happened a lot this year. Another another way that 2016 has failed me.
0: Bill Moore, your Bill Murray nostalgia has been...
1: Destroyed.
0: Wow, that's ba- that hood. I was going to go with crumpled.
1: I think destroyed is a good word.
0: My choice for a Christmas film to watch for our Christmas show was A Muppet Christmas Carol, which was a 1992 Muppet movie. I have a lot of nostalgia for the Muppets. And I'm happy to say that A Muppet Christmas Carol totally held up for me.
1: So I spent this whole movie waiting for Elmo to appear, but Elmo is not a Muppet. Yes, he is. Isn't he from Sesame Street?
0: Yeah, but he's still a Muppet.
1: But he's not a Muppet from the Muppets. This is my thing. We don't have that in Brazil. I had never watched The Muppets or Sesame Street or anything like that. So that's not part of my childhood. That's not part of my nostalgia. I had never watched this movie before. I had watched literally just one Muppet movie in my life. That one, The most recent one with Amy Adams, mm. which I loved. Am I a Muppet or am I a man? Or the other way around. I forget now. So I didn't have that. I don't have that nostalgia for the Muppets. I was waiting for Elmo to appear. I didn't even know Elmo and was not a Muppet from the Muppets. And he never showed up. I was a little bit disappointed in that. But other than that, I really liked this movie. I thought Michael Caine was amazing in it. It was a great Scrooge. I actually fell for him. It was great acting.
0: The three things that I like most about this movie. Michael Caine is Scrooge. I really liked the framing that they use with... Gonzo and Rizzo telling the story, and then I really like the songs.
1: The songs are great too. I I enjoyed them very much.
0: The three things that I would, that I came for were still good.
1: But the stories are still the same as Scrooge. The characters are not developed that well. And for example, there is this whole thing during the past where he has that fling with the lady, and she's all, and she shows up for literally that one scene and disappears, and we never hear from her or of her. Ever again, which is really interesting because, seeing Scrooge, that is such a huge part of the movie, right? And for that doesn't, and I guess it's because it's a children's movie, and you don't need the romance.
0: And because our culture is so, when you think about loss, our culture shows loss by showing loss of romantic relationship, which is that's just a culture thing.
1: It's a shortcut again,
0: any good at anything else, but because loss of love loss of a woman is so ingrained in our culture as this huge heartbreaking thing and also the way they care the way they framed it she's the one who left so he gets to be the victim even though he was even though she was the victim i thought was really problematic this time around
1: that was probably my least favorite part but otherwise it was really great
0: my second least favorite part was the abuse of the poor rat that poor rat goes through some shit.
1: He kept falling. He gets frozen and everything.
0: While I remember watching it, and then my... Maybe it was my dad, but who knows. It was some adult that was like, this is stupid. Muppets are stupid.
1: Aww, oh, no. I
0: was like, listen, Muppets is the coolest. Muppets are great. I love Muppets. I'm always going to love Muppets.
1: Did you watch the Muppet show, then Zep? Was that a big thing for you, then?
0: No, I didn't watch the Muppet show. I watched Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies is where I started. Mm -hmm. It's a cartoon. And I also watched Fraggle Rock. Do you know what that is? No. It's a Muppet show about fraggles.
1: What the hell is fraggle?
0: (laughs) I'm so sorry that you don't know what a fraggle is. So, fraggles are small anthropomorphic animals, I guess. They live in caves. They eat radishes. Okay. And their enemies are Gorgs.
1: Is that a cartoon?
0: No, it is, um, it's a, it's, a, it's a Muppet show. They've,
1: it's a Muppet show.
0: It's a Muppet show with Muppets. The, with the Fraggles Muppets. are Muppets, yeah.
1: So the Muppets are the actual type of puppets, right? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily just the gang. Because I always thought that the Muppets were the gang.
0: No, Muppets are the type of thing they are.
1: Ah, okay. But that particular gang is the one that is called the Muppets. The Muppet Show. It's always the same gang. Like the Muppet Gang from Sesame Street doesn't show up on the Muppet Show slash movies.
0: Jim Henson created these characters. It's like the Labyrinth. Those, those are Muppets.
1: Yes, I remember. But they are not Muppets from the Muppet Show. No. that's 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 where I want the line to take to go.
0: Sorry, it doesn't work that way. Muppets are created by Jim Henson.
1: Yeah, I watched a documentary about it. I thought it was really interesting. The one about Elmo, actually. Did you watch that one? No. About the the man behind Elmo. It's on Netflix. It's amazing.
0: Okay, so I want you to take up this challenge.
1: Oh my god, what challenge?
0: I want you to go watch an episode of Fraggles.
1: Oh my god, I'm gonna put that on YouTube right now.
0: Yeah, I definitely
1: have not ever seen this before.
0: The Fraggles had a like a wise woman in the form of a trash heap.
1: A trash heap.
0: Yeah, I love the trash heap.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: You're oh. like, I cannot believe watching The Muppet Christmas Girl has led to this.
1: Oh my god, it's like trash heaps and songs. It's maybe a Christmas miracle.
0: Anyway, A Muppet Christmas Carol. I would still give it four stars. It's, I think it really still holds up. For, yeah, four
1: stars for me too.
0: For how old it is, and Michael Caine is actually pretty great at it. He's fantastic. Yeah. So if you want to see a really great performance by Michael Caine, I would definitely check out him up at Christmas Carol because I did not know that was Michael Caine. I just thought it was some old dude. It was playing Scrooge really well. I
1: completely agree, and I cannot believe that we came to the end of this episode, and Scrooge is my least favorite of all three.
0: I know, I'm really shocked.
1: And I thought it was going to be the greatest Christmas movie ever, and it clearly isn't. I'm sorry. I'm just glad that we finally did this, because to went this conversation once and for all about what is the greatest Christmas movie ever.
0: And we've made a determination that Scrooge is not on the list. But The Muppet Christmas Carol might still be in the running. wrap up this week it's time for recommendations anna what you got for us
1: i will re-recommend crazy ex-girlfriend that was one of the other things that i did watch recently and the show is great as ever it's funny it's getting to a point where everybody's breaking down and looking at themselves for what they are and things are going super great for the gay couple which is the only couple that actually works in the entire series. They work so well together. It's great. And the songs are still amazing. I quite think this show is the best show right now on TV. It's just the best thing that I have seen in a long, long time. And it's that because it's so different from everything else. I'll give you one example. One of the main characters is an older woman. I think she's probably in her late 40s, probably. She's married. She has two kids. And she decided that it's time for her to go to law school and fulfill her dreams. At the same time she gets accepted into law school, she also finds out that she's pregnant. And in any other show, you know what would have happened. She would probably have quit law school to have the baby. In this show, she realizes, I can't afford to do both as much as I would have wanted to. And she has an abortion and she goes to law school. And I don't think I have ever seen this on television before. And I know this is a spoiler, but I hope that will make you want to watch this show because it's so different. It's so so modern and it really talks to my sensibilities.
0: And it has great songs. What's your recommendation? So, one of the things I did not mention in Media Consumed that I have consumed were the first 10 episodes of Yuri on Ice, which is a figure skating anime. And it's about Yuri who is having some trouble with his skating and how his figure skating idol comes as a surprise randomly to teach him and coach him. This anime is amazing. I don't know how else to say it. It's so good. I did not expect to really fall in love with an ice skating anime, but I have. And I think that if you like anime and you like really great character stories, that you should check out Yuri on Ice.
1: I love ice skating.
0: Then you should definitely check out the story.
1: I've heard so many good things about it from different
0: people. Everybody go watch Yuri on Ice. It's on Crunchyroll.com. Episode 66 is in the bag. Anna, thank you for being a superb co-host.
1: Thank you, Renee, for being here with me and going through this experience of watching all of these Christmas movies together so we can finally put to rest the idea that Scrooge was the best Christmas movie of all time.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: That's absolutely fine.
0: Just a reminder that our annual survey is still available. You can find a link to the survey in our show notes, and we would really appreciate your feedback.
1: And as always, thanks to Ira for our excellent show art. You can commission them via Tumblr at justeero.tumblr.com.
0: Our music this week is by Boxcat Games and our instrumentals are by Chuki Music. You can find links to all the tracks in our show notes.
1: And if you need more of us during the week, you can follow us on Twitter at Fangirl Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to our show, friends.
1: See you next episode.
0: away worries for another day let the fraggles play down the fraggle rock